0: Welcome to the Forward 40 podcast, where we highlight the experiences of 40 women of color on the rise in the nonprofit and social enterprise sectors. This is an ode to our foremothers, a healing circle of our unique experiences, and a bridge of insight and wisdom across generations. everyone for joining us again for our segment for Forward 40. I am so pleased to be here today with our special guest, Kat Almonte. Kat, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, So Kat is actually the new managing director for the Broadroom uh, here in New York City, and she has a very unique journey in terms of her transition into this particular space, but then also in the sector. So I'm very, very pleased for her to be here with us. And also, um, she was born in the Dominican Republic, yeah. grew up in New York City, and Corona Queens, right? Mm-hmm. And some in Long Island. So yeah, I'm nice. a nice what I call a domin Dominican Yorker. <laughs> I've never heard that one before. <laughs> my goodness um so i kat if you just wanted to speak more to kind of like your journey in the sector like where were you before you landed uh this new role at the Broadroom and what inspired you to actually work in this space yeah
1: for sure um again thank you so much uh so yeah my first sort of role out of college was working for the city of new york um and it's interesting cuz we're talking about nonprofits and mm-hmm. people forget that um, the city is public service. Yes. I see myself as a public servant and mm-hmm. always have and mm-hmm. I don't call myself as like working in the nonprofit sector as much as I do as like I work in public service. Mm-hmm. And so that was my first, you know, dipping my toes in the water. I worked for the mayor for about four years, his entire first term. Um, rose up the ranks and eventually became his special assistant, which is what we call in the business a body person, mm. um, meaning that you are with the body, the principal. So I okay. traveled with him everywhere. It gave me a really good understanding of the city mm-hmm. and the people that live here. I'd literally been to every corner of the city, um, and it also gave me an understanding of how to run the city, Mm -hmm. Uh, the services provided to everyone in the city. Um, I was sitting in rooms where I was just a fly on the wall and, you know, some of the most brilliant people, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the city are sitting down and discussing how to fix the homelessness issue. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was like a crash course in uh, how to help, (laughs) Um, you know, what it actually takes to make real change. Uh, I, from there, I ended up working on the mayor's campaign, uh, and I got my, my sort of experience in finance, which is, you know, very, very important fundraising. Yes. Super important in yes. the nonprofit very space. so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, I was a key part of raising about over $10 million for that wow. re-election campaign. Wow. And of course, political fundraising is very different than mm-hmm. reasonable, mm-hmm. not very, very similar to nonprofit raising, though there are uh, things here and there. After that ended, I did some soul-searching. Mm. Um, you know, the mayor got re-elected, and I always wanted to be in public service, but when I got to government, I was like, oh, politics. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is a thing that exists. Mm. And I was tired of the politics. And so I was really searching and trying to find, where do I go from here? Mm-hmm. And what I realized was that the times in my life when I had been the most passionate was when I was working in art and culture.
0: Mm.
1: And so what does that mean? Um in terms of like my purpose of working in the public sphere in in the art world that means museums mm-hmm. museums mm-hmm. are public institutions yes. they are technically nonprofits and so i was lucky enough to land at the most, what I think is the most progressive and trailblazing museum in New York City, if not the world, uh, the Brooklyn Museum. Nice. And that was an amazing experience. I was working as the government community
0: relations, for the community for relations- the
1: liaison for the museum.
0: A nice transferable. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I got very lucky.
1: Uh, I remember I actually didn't apply for that. I applied to be like in development, and when they saw my resume, they were like, now, <laughs> this, this is what you're going to do for us. You've been looking for a year. Um and it was great. I mean, a lot of my job was just working on, you know, in that intersection of art and activism mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just breaking down barriers uh for folks to feel welcome and seen. There Correct. are so many spaces where mm-hmm. people of color just aren't the priority. Mm-hmm, uh like mm-hmm. I think like 60 to 70% of the art at museums are by white men. Mm. Um, mm. And so breaking down that space and mm-hmm. bringing the community into the museum and the museum into the community, uh, it was a it was a great role. I really enjoyed it. I wasn't looking to leave. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that the world we live in right now is messed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for lack of a better word, it is not going great. And so... It is very rare that your past side passion projects become full time jobs. Mm-hmm. And when I was offered the role to become the new managing director for an organization that I had helped build over the last two years that I care deeply about, I felt this immense sense of responsibility to mm-hmm. do more mm-hmm. um, and to like give myself wholeheartedly to the movement. And here we are, managing director of the Broadroom. Yeah.
0: And now, how did the Broadroom? come about like what what is the the Mm -hmm. genesis of of this activist camp (laughs) yeah for women
1: I think it was it was I know it was post-Trump
0: election Mm -hmm.
1: it was like a the day or two days after that uh, my friend um, which
0: felt like a very somber one in, in in New York City but then also in other parts of the world it was like I remember being on the train and it like, you could hear crickets, which is not normal in New York City transit. Yeah. yeah. It
1: was painful. Yeah. It was very painful. Um, and in those moments, the most important thing that you can do is come together as community and, mm-hmm. and, and talk and, mm-hmm. and just be able to... Um, have hold space Correct. for what was happening. Mm-hmm. And so, um, actually, the person that connected me to you, Alana Leopold, uh, gathered all of the women that were in her, you know, the sisters mm-hmm. in her mm-hmm. community together at her apartment. And we sat around and we were just like, what do we do? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: that led to us literally chartering a bus and going to DC for the Women's March that oh, January. Okay. Um, and so during our bus ride, the Broadroom became an idea. Um, huh. We were like, we are, a lot of us, a lot of my network worked in government. So we understood more than everyone else mm-hmm. what it took mm-hmm. to create political change.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we thought, what can we do at this point? Mm-hmm. What happens after the rallies? What happens mm-hmm. after the marches? Mm-hmm. People need to, to do more. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. what we use, we use our tools and our resources to train to Mm. provide the knowledge and the tools for women who had absolutely no idea what came after, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, how you can actually get involved. And do it at a level that Mm. wasn't, you know, using acronyms no one understood. That's the other thing. The the space, sort of political space is Mm male-dominated, it's bureaucratic, it's just... If peop- it's not welcoming. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I want to a welcoming space for women that was centered around, you know, how we learn and how we exist. And um, so, yeah, that was, that was the inception. It's, for the past two years, it's been volunteers. We have okay, an amazing okay. organizing committee. Uh, they are about 15 women who come from all walks of life, mm-hmm. um, all different industries. We have... Uh, someone in publishing, someone wow. an actor, mm-hmm. uh, we have folks in digital marketing, we have folks that have worked actually in, in government, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. everywhere. And so they are doing this on their spare time. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that write our memo that goes out every week. They're the ones posting on our social. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's, they are the life force of the Broadroom mm-hmm. and they are doing this solely on volunteer.
0: Now, where did the name come from?
1: Yes. <laughs> so, that's an interesting question because I was anti the name for a little while. Um,
0: Sounds like, is it the boardroom? the bra-
1: So, we wanted to make sure, and our focus was that it was a space for women. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say women, when I say broad, I mm-hmm. mean um, anyone who identifies as a woman. Mm-hmm. I mean trans women, mm-hmm. I mean gender non-binary folks. Essentially, if you... Anything Anyone who doesn't identify as a man is welcome in this space. And that's that's where we wanted to to be. Mm-hmm. So we're looking for a word that could encompass all of that. Mm, um, interesting. Broad is, means woman. In the past, like I think in like the 50s it was more of a used term, and mm-hmm. it would be used to put women down. Mm-hmm. So it was mm-hmm. also us reclaiming a word that we felt, uh, you know, could describe what we were getting at mm-hmm. um, and so that was the sense of, of broad mm-hmm. in the terms of a room, it was really what happens when women come together?
0: Mm-hmm. What
1: happens when we sit around um, you know in a circle and, and talk about things and mm-hmm. teach each other things.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It was about creating that space mm-hmm. and so that's what the broad room. Uh, really, space like you're able to bring in people from all walks of life, um, a very diverse group of women. How is it that you're able to like set the tone of this space as people are bringing different levels of their identity to it?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, to start, there is more work to be done there. Um, I don't think that that work ever stops mm-hmm. creating. Um, a space that people feel welcome mm-hmm. is continuous work mm-hmm. and we don't we haven't gotten it perfect yet uh, and that's one of sort of my uh, vision and mission for the, for the organization as we move forward is really to do be- do better in that mm-hmm. at that. But I think what's really critical is language mm. I'd say that's probably number one
0: mm-hmm.
1: understanding, the language that you're using, mm-hmm. um, understanding the culture of the organization that mm-hmm. you're creating, especially when an organization is very new, you have the ability to create the culture that you want. If you're not, if your values are X, Y, Z, but in actuality, when you step into the space, you're not living those values. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense that you're that those are the values of your organization. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for us, it's really making sure that we are thinking about and creating space for everyone mm. in as best as we can. And we're going to learn along the way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, for example, for a really long time, we didn't have um, ADA accessibility mm-hmm. on our invites. So one of our organizing committee members brought it up and we were like, oh, wow, yes. Yes. We should be putting on all of our invites. Is this space ADA accessible? Mm. Um, and so it's learning as you go along. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is is partnerships.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not always going to be an expert at something. The organization isn't expected to know everything. Mm-hmm. And so working with folks who do have a little bit more of an expertise around certain mm-hmm. things, um, asking them for guidance, bringing, bringing their members into our into into the space with our members and really collaborating um, and cross pollinating, as I like to call it, is super important mm-hmm. to make sure that as that a your the space you're creating is inclusive, but also mm-hmm. that as many different folks as possible get an opportunity to to, to come through the space. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'd say that's
0: now the, you you raise that interesting point um, about you know, being intentional about the space that you're creating because this is something that you were a part of mm-hmm. its creation. And I know when we spoke briefly before about, like, this um, this dynamic between either being an entrepreneur and, like, starting your own thing versus, like, being an entrepreneur and, like, evoking that change within a pre-established institution, like, have you noticed the difference with even your work working, you know, as a public servant within government Mm -hmm. to when you were working at the museum and then now you're in the space that you created, like, can you speak more to, like, how that has evolved or um, lessons that you've learned along the way? Yeah. So,
1: for one, in government it's different. Mm-hmm. because you are working for a person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you have to believe in that person. When you are working in a nonprofit or a museum, you're working for this, like, mission, um, and so you're working for an idea mm-hmm. versus a person and their ideas. So those are very, very distinct spaces. Um, and in terms of being in, in a space that... In a, working for a person or an idea that someone else is mm-hmm. crafting,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's not always for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not always really uh, honing in on your needs mm-hmm. um, or the needs of your communities. So you can either st- stay in the space and mm-hmm. try to push against what's already been created to, mm-hmm. to advocate for, your, for yourself and your people, or you can step outside of the space completely mm-hmm. and build from the ground up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The problem with that is Usually, the the larger institutions that you're in have more resources, Correct. have you know just the ability to do things on a grander scheme.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, one of the things I was that I learned at the museum, and that I tried to really advocate at the museum is we should be supporting smaller institutions. Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll give you
1: a really good example of that. Uh, I don't know if you know about Weeksville Heritage Center. Yes, I do. Very much so. Mm-hmm. So, for those listeners that don't, Weeksville is this amazing, amazing community that was built pre-Civil War. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is community founded and run by freed slaves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, in mm-hmm. Bed-Stuy Brooklyn, like mm-hmm. right here in our backyard. And at some point, you know, the they literally dug. I think there was a film called. Um, Digging up Black Pride, they have mm. dug up uh, Weeksville and made it this institution, this cultural institution, this uh, educational space, mm-hmm. this community center. And so, Weeksville, um, a week or two ago, the director essentially said that Weeksville was going under. Wow! That it would wow. no longer exist. This super important wow. part of you know Black history. Correct. Yeah was gonna get erased. Mm -hmm. Why? Mm -hmm. Why would institutions like the Brooklyn Museum or the Met Mm -hmm. get to exist and institutions like Weeksville does not? Mm -hmm. What happens when we build our own Mm -hmm. institutions is that sometimes they don't get the support that they want. Mm -hmm. And so we have to make some noise sometimes. Mm -hmm. And those large institutions need to lend a hand. You get more resources in that institution, how can you help them? Correct, yeah. How can you share the wealth?
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: so, that's really important. And then in terms of my, my work now, to be frank, mm-hmm. while I've was i have been in the organization since its inception, the founders are three white women.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and it, it feels at times like maybe the type of feminism that we're touting feels overly white. Yeah, yeah. And so... Which Sep- is
0: very much like it, it mirrors like the, the nonprofit sector that is predominantly women um, spaces, but then even in, in leadership, there is a disparate gap in terms of women of color representation mm-hmm. um, and the, the levels of representation where um, women of color are like, more situated at uh, mid-level or like, support mm-hmm. staff roles. Um, and even though it's a space that's predominantly women, doesn't necessarily mean that all the values are reflective of every single woman. So yeah. exactly, and so
1: in, in this case, it's not. You know, mm-hmm. and it's not to say that they, you know, are being ignorant mm-hmm. or they don't get it. It's just like their lived experience is different. Mm-hmm. I think that everybody has unlearning to do, mm-hmm. um, and I say that versus learning because I mm-hmm. think there's some, at first you need to unlearn some things, and mm-hmm. then you can fill up your mm-hmm. bucket with with all the good stuff, and so. I'm in the middle of you know I've, I've started a month ago and so I've really taking a look at our organization mm-hmm. and saying how can we improve um, some of the things that we're doing just I can tell they cater to white women and so coming into an organization um, and trying to at, at, at a very young age I'm mm-hmm. trying to create that that, that space. Um, has also been, I think, is really important mm-hmm. because when you're so far down the line, like an organization like the Book of Museum, it's so much harder to make sure that they're doing the work the right
0: way. Mm-hmm. Whereas being a part of this like critical um, inception of the mm-hmm. organization, you have more um, of a you, you can leverage more of kind of like your your experience and uh, your vision to craft it into what yeah. you. You envision it to be. Um, you can you speak more about like just being in this space that the the purpose is for women and like your previous like work environments. Like how did it shape you to like land in this space that's mm-hmm. for women, like cultivating women activists. Um, like what was kind of like the the pivot for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I grew up with very strong female figures in Mm -hmm. my life. Um, I also, you know, I was born to be in the Republic. When I came here, I was like three years old, Mm -hmm. and I remember being, you know, four or five years old and like translating at the bank for my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the reality is that I've learned through my own life experiences that not everybody gets handed the same playing cards. Mm -hmm. And that women specifically, largely, don't get um, the same tools and resources that other people do. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and this is a big but, but for some reason, women, especially women of color, are at the forefront of every single movement. We, We are the movement, and I think that's really important to highlight. I Mm -hmm. mean, black queer feminists are at the forefront of a movement for black lives and prison abolition. Mm -hmm. Poor immigrant women of color have called for sanctuary cities and pushed back against xenophobic policies and Mm -hmm. criminalized them. I mean, trans of color community has critiqued policing, inequitable public services. I can go on and on. Mm -hmm. Women Mm -hmm. are at the forefront of the movement. Mm -hmm. And so, for me, being in spaces and being around powerful women, and then watching how that's played out in what's going on right now Mm -hmm. in our our world, I feel like it is so important for us now more than ever to essentially empower women Mm -hmm. to change the political landscape in this country. We're the ones that, we are, I
0: really believe that we are the ones that are going to bring us to the future that we need. Mm and you know i've i've been in conversations where there's this kind of presumption that well so long as we have just women leaders and just like women dominated spaces that it's just going to be the panacea for mm. everything like everything will just be great it'll just be fixed Do you find like in in the spaces that you have um, created um, and that the women are co-creating with you all um, at the Broad Room that um, there's kind of like a balance on this continuum of uh, this fight, um, this activist spirit and um, just like a recognition that change takes time and also, is it just going to happen in a silo with just, just women?
1: No, I mean, it takes everybody. Mm-hmm. And when I say everybody, I mean everybody. Uh, and we have to learn when to stand up and when to sit down, mm-hmm. uh, and how you can support. So I think a, a, a good example of this is you know most of our trainings are catered to women. If you're a man, identify as a man. You're more than welcome to come to our trainings, but what we talk about and oh. what we do in this space,
0: <laughs> um,
1: you know, is not is not meant for you. Mm-hmm. And so you might not feel, you know, that you, you don't get the same thing out of that as mm-hmm. as, as anything else. Um,
0: and then in terms of kind of like the the progressive. Ideas. Yes. Um, like, how how do you balance it being on a on a continuum? Like, what when have you achieved X goal for you know um, the immigrant community or for the worker you know movement? Like, is there is there kind of like this identifying moment of okay we've got it. Definitely
1: not. <laughs> uh, definitely not. And I think that's the most important part of a work mm-hmm. is acknowledging that it is forever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That we can always be better. We can always do better. And it is in those small victories that we mm-hmm. continue to build. Mm-hmm.
0: But it is continual. And then I guess also who within the space of just like progressive ideals is like who defines the the spectrum of what's progressive, like mm-hmm. how do you kind of like navigate that mm-hmm. with um, people that are coming to the space with different lived experiences, yeah. um, just even in your leadership, like it signifies that this is going to, and you're going to be intentional about the space being reflective mm-hmm. of some of your lived experiences, like how are you able to kind of like navigate the, the spectrum of just like progressive Ideals.
1: Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, anyone that comes to this space, regardless of what they believe mm-hmm. or their perspectives or lived experience, you have to respect that. You have to acknowledge it. You have to listen, because everyone's coming from, you know, like you said, their lived experience. They're mm-hmm. coming from what they've uh, gone through, mm-hmm. and you can't invalidate that. Mm-hmm. That is, that is that is them. That is who they are, and mm-hmm. so we honor that. Mm-hmm in the space that we create. In terms of setting what, you know, being progressive means, my definition, at least, of, you know, being a progressive is the betterment of communities, Mm -hmm. of individuals, that the policies, um, I think a a very good example is um, Like the person, for example, if you have an issue with uh, who's picking up your garbage, or there's too much mm-hmm. garbage outside. Mm-hmm. Um, Which oh, there tends to be. Yes, <laughs> well. <laughs> um, you know, what people don't realize is that there's you have to know who to, who to go mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. You have to understand who the power players are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Who is uh, making the decisions that affect your daily life. And so, for me, p- being progressive means that we are continually seeing the problems and finding solutions mm-hmm. that are po- positive changes mm-hmm. for the largest amount of people mm-hmm. in society.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not mm-hmm. just like, and you won't always make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. Things mm-hmm. That's just the nature of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but finding solutions, Mm -hmm. Um, and also making sure that, you know, everyone has a voice Mm -hmm. in creating the solutions, you know. You don't have, like, for example, right now, I think only like 26% of Congress is uh, women. Mm -hmm. Um, We're 51% of the population. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But for me equity doesn't look like us being you know, 60% mm-hmm. of, I mean, even though for a little while it's probably how it should be, but what equity <laughs> actually looks like is that everybody in, in a, in a well-put-together ratio that reflects the actual society we live in, everybody's at the table. Mm-hmm. And that you bring yourself authentically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's a question about how do we keep our government officials accountable. So I think a lot of folks sometimes will support us candidate or support somebody because they look like them. Correct. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they care about the same things as you. Right. Mm-hmm. That they are fighting for progressive change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we really have to take a deeper look at what people stand for mm-hmm. and not just, oh, they look like me, so they're going to represent me well. Mm-hmm. For example, there we are all you know women in a room, but one of the main reasons why Donald Trump was elected was because white women voted for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So deciding that because you're a woman and I'm a woman, you're gonna you know shoot shoot my shot for me. Mm-hmm. It's it doesn't equate, and so we have to be really uh, thoughtful
0: mm-hmm.
1: about that part. Absolutely, so that absolutely,
0: um, and yeah, I completely agree with you with that. Like hundred and fifty percent because like being one like going to a women's college but then also like being in a sector that is predominantly women and also um, all of my supervisors have been women there is there is a distinction uh, between um, the their different levels of ideals um, different levels of, of leadership or, a uh, uh, management style. So um, yeah, it's it's definitely like bringing your authentic self to the work, but then also taking that time to reflect on like what what are the values here, and do these values reflect? Mm-hmm. Does does the space reflect me? If the space doesn't necessarily reflect me, maybe I need to carve out space yeah. outside of that space yeah. um, to feed that um, in my spirit and my soul. Um, now, in terms of, like, you um, identify as Afro-Latina, like, how... And I know that this, it has been kind of, like, more of a progression, just mm-hmm. even uh, within the community of, like, owning that that history. Like, how has that, um, I guess, like, played out in the spaces that, that you've been in? And then also... Um, how does that contribute to how you show up in in the work? Yeah,
1: it's been a journey. Um, I think especially, and I know my Dominican listeners out there will totally understand me, you know, my culture is one that has pushed away the idea of blackness. Mm -hmm. Um, I am black. Duh. But that's not a, a duh. Like when I'm sitting around the table, sometimes my family members, it's hard.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, they don't get it. And for a while, I would just, instead of bringing it up or having the conversation with them, I would just let it go. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, they're not going to change their mind, this is pointless. But I'm doing a disservice mm-hmm. to them, I'm doing, I'm ma- doing a disservice to um, our community if I don't speak up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I've tried as much as possible, and whenever possible, to speak up. Even if you know on the family group chat, I'm the cra- I'm, deemed, <laughs> I'm deemed the crazy one. Um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 so important. Uh, I think, especially as an Afro Latina, it's 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 weird because uh, I remember having this crazy debate with my best friend, who like, well, you're not really black, and I was like, well. Why? Mm-hmm. Um, and what I, we came to, we came to the conclusion that I was not African American, mm-hmm. but I was very much black. Mm-hmm. Uh, that my culture was, that my roots were. And so, in terms of like my work and how I show up, I think, I said this before, but I really think that we need to unlearn a lot of sort of this. White-dominated teachings, mm-hmm. this colonial mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, you know, one of the most radical things, my family, things I did was, f- from time I was what fifteen till about twenty-one, I had straight hair. You would never, you would never, ever, ever tell that I had. There are people that knew me during that period that mm-hmm. see me now, like you have curly hair. Mm-hmm. Um, they had no idea, and and that's really about how the world shapes and molds you and mm-hmm. teaches you that who you authentically are mm-hmm. isn't good enough. And I have little cousins that have similar hair to me and their hair is still straight and every chance I get, I'm like, one <laughs> night I'm going to show up and I'm going to buzz your fucking head, oh, sorry, it's going to cut all your hair off. They're like, no, no. Um, it's hard. It's it's hard to to unlearn that. I and mean, it's not easy work. Mm-hmm. Um but it's one that I'm, that I'm invested in, and it's been a, a journey to, to be comfortable with, with myself when the entire world is
0: teaching you that, you know, you're not good enough. Correct. Who you are is not Correct. good enough. Correct. And it's, like, I like that you, you speak to just even, like, your personal journey being one that is a journey. Like, it takes time. Mm-hmm. The change takes takes time. Yeah. Um, and that... Especially, like, you know, being in New York, we move by the New York minute. It's just, like, we want it done, like, quick, fast, <laughs> and in a hurry. Um, I guess for the our listeners um, and women who can relate to um, your experience, when they feel in doubt that they can't, you know, they're questioning if they can persist um, and be resilient, what would you suggest to them, what would you advise? Yeah. Wow. I'd say,
1: if not now, when? Mm. I think a lot of times we feel like, well, I can, well, at some point I'll I'll do this. Mm. At some point I will, you know, acknowledge that I'm black. At some point I'll go natural. Mm -hmm. At some point, um, and at some point becomes never. Mm. Um, And I will say that the journey is difficult. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think having a support system, having um, sisters and, and folks around you that um, go on the journey with you or under, have gone on it before that you can turn to and be like, hey, I'm, I'm really trying to not get this relaxer mm-hmm, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> and calling them in that moment of weakness mm-hmm. uh, I think a support system is, is, is critical. Uh, and, and I will tell you that it is worth it. Mm. It is so, so worth it. Mm. I have been so happy uh, since I just really uh, acknowledged who I am Mm. and came to terms with who I am.
0: Um, Yeah, it's...
1: If not now. Mm. If not now, when?
0: Mm. Well, how do people... um stay in touch with everything that's going on at, at the Broadroom like what, what's coming mm-hmm. up next and how can they be a part of this army of women
1: <laughs> yes my army I'm telling you guys I'm gonna I don't know we're gonna have to get uniform or something <laughs> for let me show up uh, no so uh, we have monthly trainings okay they are free uh, they are all over New York City Kat said that it's free 99 yes Nice. <laughs> Free. Uh, we also have fun. You know, it's not all. It's not all work. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's play. So we mm-hmm. have some networking happy hour events. We have one coming up Monday, June tenth uh, at Laurelay. It's a beer garden in the Lower East Side, okay. and we're doing a, a networking series called Women to Watch. Hmm. And so we're doing a few of these this year, and the idea is that we're bringing in. Uh, a woman who embodies the work that we're doing in the broad room, nice. and so for the first one, like I said, it's uh, Monday, June tenth. Uh, it we're bringing in se- state senator Jessica Ramos.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So she beats, you know, the established uh, quote unquote Democrat who, if you don't know, was part of the IDC, and it's. I could do a whole podcast on that alone <laughs> so we won't get into that but um, she's a phenomenal um, you know uh, Latinx woman just Colombian from Jackson Heights, Queens mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. just like really doing the work mm-hmm. she didn't just get elected but she is up in that place just like Burning it down <laughs> to build it back up. Like yeah, you were build, it, build it back up. Don't burn it down. Build it back up. Um, so, yeah, she's she's doing phenomenal work, so you get to hear from her. So, you know, if you're in the area, please come through. And like I said, our trainings are monthly. You can go on our website. Uh, and we actually have a
0: weekly newsletter. It goes out every Wednesday morning. And this is, like, access points for people that are not even based in New York, yes. right? Okay. Yep. Totally can sign up
1: for uh, our broad memo is what it's called. And it's great because I'm telling you, I promise, it is shorter than any other newsletter that you get in your <laughs> inbox. It is short and sweet and to the point. We really do, we literally do uh, uh, what is it, mm. why, and how to do it. Mm. So essentially just, you know, we try to take things that are happening. For example, um, the abortion bans, uh, we took that concept gave you literally three paragraphs that was it it was like what is this why it matters and here's what you can do to help Mm -hmm. so it's very short it's very sweet it's action oriented because that's the essence of the broad room it's not just like let's sit around in a room and learn this it's Mm -hmm. okay go do it And so at the end of Mm -hmm. all of our trainings, after we do an actual training, there will be a physical action we have to take in that space. Nice. So for example, if we do a phone banking training and we teach you how to phone bank, at the end, part of that training is actually getting on the phone and phone banking for a Mm -hmm. candidate. Um, Nice. Yeah. So it's it's very, like I said,
0: action-oriented. And I guess uh, for the leaders that you're um, aiming to to feature, like if there was Mm -hmm. a leader that wanted um, to really share in this space with the broad room like how would they go about doing that
1: yeah i mean they've come from everywhere like i said we have a organizing committee um folks will reach out to them or they'll they'll run into somebody or they'll be at an event and be like i just met this phenomenal woman Mm -hmm. um we should get in touch Mm uh you know folks can also reach us through our uh, website and so, yeah. If you, if you, anybody, seriously, mm-hmm. if you know of someone that we should be highlighting, that we should be supporting, please, 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 you know, feel free to to send us an email. Because like there's an email up, up on our website on our or contact us. We are we are always looking for uh, you know phenomenal people who are, who are doing the work.
0: Nice, nice. And in pure fashion, uh, forward forty, um, we like to close with a T affirmation. Um, so what would be your tea affirmation um, that could be a call to action mm-hmm. uh, for the audience uh, and more of a, a reclamation of how they should position themselves in the space?
1: Yeah. So we're living in a time and place where you can't say anymore, like, well, I'm not really into politics. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to keep in mind that from the super local like education board to your congress mm-hmm. representative, mm-hmm. it affects your daily life. Uh, and I think we're realizing more and more how big that effect actually is. And so my T affirmation would be, do not disappear into silence.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Use your voice. Uh, get involved. You know, um, I don't know if you guys, we actually did just did a screening of Knock Down the House. Yes,
0: I saw it. I recommend it. Yes, please. Kat yes. it. Yes, <laughs> if you don't know
1: why I'm talking about all this, <laughs> go watch that. It is amazing. Um, and something that um, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez says is that it takes a 100 of us mm-hmm. for one mm-hmm. of us mm-hmm. to get yeah. through. Yes. So mm-hmm. my call to action would be go run for office Mm -hmm. if you've ever thought about it just do Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. literally get up and do it and if that's not for you find out what candidates are in your area that you can go and show up and support Mm -hmm. it takes a village and we all need to get involved at every aspect because like i said we're seeing it right now Mm -hmm. it affects our daily lives
0: more than we know well thank you so so much kat um It's been a pleasure (laughs) and I hope that everyone is just as energized and knows that we are all a part of this process Mm -hmm. all a part of this journey and um connects with the broad room on ways in which they can activate their level of engagement within their own uh community so thank you yeah
1: no thank you for having me this was a lot of
0: fun yes I can talk to you forever that was great that was really great until we connect again sipsis, Sela, share and continue to serve.